My name is Rachel White, and people call me the Skeptical Shaman. They say it like it's a contradiction, but it's not. For more than a decade, I've been researching and building tools for the spiritually homeless. You know, the curious but critical thinking people that, like me, have had a tough time navigating a landscape of gurus and grifters and crystal heavy people, searching for a way to fill what Neil Gaiman called that God-shaped hole, all while, of course, not getting taken. As the host of the Skeptical Shaman podcast, I want to help us all develop a map of this confusing terrain. I'm going to talk to everybody, the curious, the skeptical, the cynical, and yes, even the true believers. Together, we can safely explore the world of Wu and get closer to some meaningful existential truths. This is The Skeptical Shaman. Hello and welcome to The Skeptical Shaman podcast. I'm your perennially happy, joyful, light-working host, Rachel White of Totem Readings. And I am joined today by the illustrious, famous, amazing Cardsy B, a.k.a. Rebecca, um, one of the greatest tarot card reader handles I've ever heard. It's genuinely funny um, to make up word puns to me are the highest form of humor. So when I saw Cardsy B, I, I fell in love. You are the host of Hex in the City podcast, which is great. I love that it's short, it's tight, it's impactful. And you also are a tarot card deck creator like me yeah, and a tarot that. card reader. So mm -hmm. why don't you tell everybody a little bit about you? Yeah, thank you so much for that intro. I'm so grateful to be here. I love, I love this podcast. Um, I, I as soon as I found it, I binged all the back episodes, and I'm such a such a fan and excited for this the continuation of this season. Um, so yeah, I uh, basically had learned tarot. People always ask me, has this been something that's been in your lineage? Like not at all. I grew up in like super rural Pennsylvania, like Amish country, um, and I was drawn to tarot and astrology as a little kid. Like I would save my um, allowance money and and you know go to the occult section back then and buy tarot decks and buy astrology books. So I was kind of self-taught as a child. And then it was something that wasn't super cool back then, um, the way that it is now. So I kind of fell off of it in, in my high school and college years and um, then went through a really major dark night of the soul with many ego deaths a few years back. And that's what brought tarot back into my life is just pulling a card a day um, to reconnect to my intuition. Because I kind of remembered, oh, this was a way that I was able to open yeah. that portal for myself and receive what the universe wants me to know right now. Um, and so when I came back into reading for myself, it then kind of um, grew into reading for friends that knew that I had done it, you know, when I was younger, yeah. and then into um, former colleagues in the fashion industry of where, where I previously worked for most of my career. And I, then it be kind of became a business. It was completely unplanned, which I think that's kind of a lot of times when we are in our purpose work, that it's like, yes. whoa, I didn't think that this was going to be my full-time career of, re you know, doing sessions for people hosting a podcast about uh you know tarot astrology um and and energetic wellness and writing a book about it but i'm so grateful that this is what i get to do now and it still really blows my mind every day but that's kind of how something that was seated in me at a young age but then kind of came back and really helped in my healing journey later in life yeah you and i are those people officially now who had normal jobs before one of the funniest <laughs> seems of the transition for me was like if you go to a dinner party or an event and someone's like what do you do and you're like oh fuck <laughs> i don't have a normal answer yeah. anymore and you immediately sound like a crazy person and they'll the reactions run the full spectrum of like oh that's interesting or like you know what like yeah get judged so much more intensely 
for oh, this now? Yeah. And it's <laughs> like, no. what else do you do? I, I either get the people that are intensely interested and then they right. want to open up, which is cool. Like I love when you can become that mirror for other people. And then there are the people that are just like, does not compute and you watch it. And they're like, oh, but what else do you do? And I'm like, yeah. That- that's it. I'm a full-time tarot witch. Like that is the the umbrella of all of my business is under that. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm not silly or stupid and I'm not a grifter. It's almost like there's all these little asterisk footnotes that are spoken unspoken. It's a very weird social tango now for me. And the other thing I was thinking about what you said too, like before this was cool. I have to tell you, I read tarot cards as a little kid, and I was like Lydia from Beetlejuice. It's not for cool people. Yeah. It wasn't back then. It you were weird. You're weird. Yeah. You're weird. And I liked spending way more time with myself than my peers did. And look, I was never bullied. It was never weird. I was never like a full-on loser getting wedgies or anything. But I just had my own thing. And there was a little store where I lived that was owned and run by nuns from the church, St. Thomas the Apostle. And they were like witches. And I would go to their store and it was barely a store. Like there were folding chairs. It was one of those things. Oh, right? they got yeah. break on the rent because they're nuns or something. And my grandmother would bust my ball. She'd be like, you hanging out with your cool friends again? Because like no one's less cool when you're a kid than nuns. Yeah. Kind of. And like going and buying tarot decks or candles or whatever. And it's, it just, yeah, it was you, most of us were real in the closet about the full yeah. weird that we were into. Um, back then and now it's like a big thing and everybody pulls cards and it's thing life coaches and all that other stuff. So it's been yeah. it's been interesting. Well and I love that it is more like accessible now for sure yeah. and that it's less intimidating to people that are trying to find ways to connect their intuition and heal. But yeah, I do feel like back in like the eighties and nineties even, it was very taboo. And there were even I remember I would want to take my tarot cards to school because I was always playing with them and pulling them. And my mom was like, No, like you can't because mm-hmm. that's gonna like get like other mothers would complain and like it's yeah, it was very taboo to even be out about it. So when you're saying many of us were very like deep in the closet. And then I think as I grew older and then um, I was like a crazy, weird, bullied kid very much so. And then in high yeah. school, when I was like pseudo okay and like the cool girls liked me, I was like, oh, I have to just put this away. <laughs> like no one needs to see this side of my Don't, life. Don't blink. Don't let them know. Just <laughs> be cool. Just blend into your surroundings. Um, and, but, you know, you also mentioned your book, which you very generously sent to me. I'm I got started on it, but I have not been able to finish it and I'm going to. But the very name of it, I loved from the jump, the Saturn Diaries. I have another client who's an astrologer and the name of her practice is Kronos, right? Oh. And this idea of like Saturn energy gets a bad rap. It's intense. Your Saturn returns is like, I set fire to my entire life. I got divorced, moved and started a new job on the same day, right? Wow. Yeah. Literally, and it was like right in my Saturn return. So there's there's a reason for the bad rap, but also it's incredibly transformative uh-huh. if you pull lessons, if you grow. And so maybe I don't want you to obviously give the plot of the book away because it is yeah. a story. It's not just a how-to or like a tarot card primer. It's your life and what you've been through. Why don't you share just a little bit about that and what yeah. prompted that? No, thank you. Um, yeah, and it's um, it is like half memoir, half spellbook. So it's called the Saturn Diaries, a modern day memoir. For that reason, I because- saw some of the recipes. By the way, I oh, have yeah. skimmed it, and I'm very yeah. excited. 
Yeah, I so there exactly there are things at the end of each chapter that kind of popped up in my healing journey. So um, things like herbal elixirs and even ways to intentionally infuse your coffee with herbs and spices that will heighten intuition or, you know, help with heart chakra healing. So throughout the chapter, it's it's like a memoir. It's like people always say I write a lot like um, Candace Bushnell. So it's very sex in the city, a lot of dialogue. There's like definitely a lot of humor even in, in the dark places, which is what I yeah. would appreciate about how you deliver your messaging and your podcast. Um, but yeah, so it's a combination of kind of um, a spell book and a memoir. And what really that that turning point when I said I went through this massive dark night of the soul, it was it was at like the end of my Saturn return where um, Saturn exactly what you, how you explained it's I say it's kind of like the mean teacher of our planetary system, where mm. it will come in and it's like that course that you hated in high school or college, but it made you better as a result of it. You're like, Oh, this teacher is freaking brutal. Um, but it really for like it pulls out the things that are misaligned. And I think we we can either hear them and kind of work with it. For me, I had it. I had to have the rug pulled out from under me every which way because I was holding on with an iron fist to things that were very much not in alignment. I had the perfect life on paper, very like um, Carrie Bradshaw-esque, was the creative director, VP of design for Playboy, um, had my own lingerie line after that. I was married to the quintessential girl next door. We were literally in like human rights campaigns for gay marriage right after it was legalized. So everything looked picture perfect. But behind the scenes, I was very much struggling with extreme anxiety depression and as a result addiction both to um, pharmaceuticals and alcohol and as as my Saturn return was kind of like moving through the things that I clung to as as ego identifiers like my my corporate roles yeah. one of the first things I used to say about myself was my job title and play me too uh, yeah like it was such a like oh this is who I am I am identified by this and then my marriage to my ex-wife um, and my one of my very best friends uh, who was kind of my mentor and like big brother figure in the industry passed away with HIV related complications, oh another God. died by suicide, all in that time period. So it was kind of like these things that made me feel like my safety nets of like, oh, this is who I am with really external things um, ripped out all, all within a matter of years and in, in the Saturn return, because that occurs when Saturn returns to the place it was born. So the first one were about 27 to 31, somewhere in that range. Um, the second one, late 50s, early 60s. And if we're lucky, like Betty White, the third is like late 80s, early 90s. Um, and like astrologists say, it gets less intense the more lessons that we absorb in, in you know, the first one. So I feel like for all of the listeners who are like looking back and like, wow, I had a really brutal one. Um, it, it's kind of be grateful to your past self for taking that for the team because I it's like, like when you get chicken pox really yes. bad, remember, yeah. well, and then you bad. never catch it again. You'd never totally. get shingles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um and I feel like when you look at celebrities who had an easy first one, I always go to Madonna with this because, you know, I, wa I was a huge Madonna fan growing up and she was easing through late 20s, early 30s. She was the most famous female pop star in the world. And so so things that were probably being shown to her of maybe do this differently. Maybe this is your shadow that needs to be integrated. She was yeah. probably like that. I'm Madonna, you know, and then her second one, late 50s, early 60s. She's not doing so well. So it's, it's not like, looking good. I wrote about good. it. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I feel like the more you can like surrender into the lessons of a Saturn return, um, it's, it's setting your future self up for more freedom and emancipation. 
Um, so I'm grateful mine was terrible at the time. I certainly wasn't. But that was to your point, like Saturn and that time period were what pulled all of the things out that I was clinging to outside of yeah. myself and really was like without anything. At the lowest point there, I had planned to kill myself. I had $237 in my bank account. A sequence of events intervened serendipitously that I you know, did not succeed and I'm still here. But after that, it was kind of like if I've had everything pulled out, who am I? And it's terrifying, but also... Yeah the true essence of freedom. And like I was forced to surrender. And I often think about people like yourself. I have friends who have left corporate and made the choice. And I mean, at that point, like I felt like I was forced. And I think it's so brave to make the choice because I'm like, wow, if I had had a little bit of, I can stay a little bit longer. I can still hold on to this. At that point, I would have. It was literally just like, no more. You have nothing. Now what are you going to do? And as horrible as I thought that was, I'm like, thank you. <laughs> thank you for accepting yeah. the process and being like, look at your shit and really choose accordingly of who you want to be in this lifetime. You know, mine was epic. So that that divorce uh, move, starting the new job, and I, I had returned to a previous employer. I then began a relationship with someone I got engaged to who was significantly older than me. And I briefly, like nine months or so, lived in Georgia with him right as the uh, credit crunch was hitting his domain as a real estate developer. Yeah. And he wouldn't let go. So he had basically like a slow motion psychotic break it culminates in him at a cabin in the woods threatening to kill me and then himself. I had to negotiate my way out of it. A lot of people don't know this shit because, you know, it doesn't come up that yeah. casual conversation yeah. that much. But then get back to Chicago. I had abandoned all of my belongings. So it was a very literal like I had to let go. I had to wow. move out in like an hour because a couple therapist who saw us once called me and was like, he's going to kill you. You got to get out of there. And yeah. I was like, oh, OK, cool did that, came back to Chicago, work was collapsing. This person I was working with in leadership was really abusive, not just to me. I mean, flipping the bird at people in a meeting, screaming at people, throwing, like it was really epic. And I had three minor strokes. They're called TIAs. And I couldn't see out of my right eye for a week. Oh my God. And I have to tell you, so you have no money, right? Because you leave everything. Life's expensive. Moving's expensive. Out of state. You know, all this shit. And my body and I have medical bills. My dog almost died the same day I had the last TIA. So he yeah. was in surgery while I was at Northwestern getting like MRIs. I know it was amazing. And then the next day, though, there is this strange thing that happens of, but I'm not dead. And there's a weird, it's a very shamanic thing that you were describing. Mm. Like, and I don't think you can kill me. Yeah. Not right now. Yes. And there's yeah. a really... Yeah. yeah, there's a weird freedom of like, what are you going to do? Yeah, you're going to come repossess what like an organ or we're not at that stage yet society like what are you going to do to me? That yeah. hasn't actually been done in short order. And that's exactly when I'd been doing shamanic work and all these other things totem existed, but it's when it kicked into full gear oh, for me. Wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I and that. Wow. Yeah. It was I super fun. Oh my goodness. No, that makes a lot of sense too. Cause I had thought that like, you're like, okay, I'm seeing this vision. I'm choosing to exit. And I was like, that's badass because like, it was not the case for, for me. I like, yeah. I had to be like ripped out of it, but no, that makes a lot of sense of them that being like, cause I think those big, um, clarifying moments are as brutal as they are. Mm -hmm. They're just undeniable, you know? And I was like, never the same after that in yes, a good way. So I was still after. working yeah. in corporate people would get all upset and stuff. And I'm like, I don't know if the strokes like blew a fuse. 
or what, but I never, like, I would never get as agitated or as reactive anymore. Yeah. But I was like, oh, yeah, no, we all die. Everything goes away. Everything gets taken. Not, like, and But it was freeing. I know that sounds nihilistic and depressing probably to the people listening, but when you go through this, if you're really tuned into what's happening, there comes that moment where you just feel like it's it's blue sky. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's when all the magic happens and you make, you sense make of what's just occurred. Then you research things like, what is malignant narcissism? <laughs> what are negative entities really? Is that what was going on in my early childhood or, you know what I mean? Like you'll start to put the puzzle pieces together. And yeah. it's funny. I wanted to ask you about this because your book is really, you know, vulnerable. Like you share a story that's very intimate with people. And I've heard this, I'm sure you've heard this. People will say, well, if you're psychic, if you're good at this, if you pull cards, couldn't you have picked somebody better? How did you not see that coming? How, why don't you play the lottery? Right. Like this very simplistic understanding of what we do and how it works and that it's like transactional and you would just use it and then tap out. What do you say to that? How do you address all of that? Like, yes, I think um, like, okay, so that's there's so much in that. So yeah. the first point of that is um, like, you know, asking like of our past selves, why didn't we see? I don't know about you, but I know that I've lo- unlocked more and more of my intuition and as a result, my discernment through that journey. Yeah. Um, I also feel like uh, for, for me, my belief is that there are things I contracted into this lifetime to be able to do that. So it's like I had to go through the the darkest parts of that to be able to kind of al- unlock and initiate into a higher levels of connection with God, source, the universe, mm-hmm. my higher self. Um, the other so the other piece of that when people ask things of like playing the lottery and like, oh, if you know, um, even and even in the point where you and I are now like in, you know, successful in in these um, practices and guiding others, it's like, oh, if you know this, then like you must just be able to sim- simply like, you know, make seven figures on on a, whether a lottery ticket or, you know, a deal, whatever. And I think with that, I the way that I kind of see and experience the Akashic Records is like a Tetris match and things are always yeah. moving. And yeah. I look at things as as what is the um, next highest choice. And sometimes the highest choice are things that, again, we're going to have to learn through to fully understand. Because when you really beautifully just described that moment of like, you're like, from that point on, I wasn't getting irritated. I truly understood surrender going into even a dark corporate environment. That's something that even if our logical brain is saying like, yeah, that makes sense. And I want that. I see. I'm sure you do too. So many friends and clients that still cannot let go. And it's kind of like, what are the experiences that we're going to contract in to to allow ourselves to access surrender, to allow ourselves to move through that? And so it's not always just like up and up and up and like instant, like, you know, huge figures of abundance overnight or like, oh, there, if I know that I know that that's where my like, because I'm single. It's like, oh, well, if you know all this stuff, where's your person? Like, you know, like, how do you not know? And I'm like, maybe they're still baking. That's the other exactly. thing. I fully believe that. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. They're making their own free will choices somewhere and will Absolutely. converge. And yeah, so I always like to tell people there's a couple things. I love the Akashic soul contract thing. In the Tetris example, I do view it as it's very organic and multifaceted. It's not linear and 2D. Yeah. It's, it's very um, dynamic right? Existence. But also, number one, we're people, we're humans having a human experience. If we knew literally everything, like God, which anyone claiming that is, you know, red flag there, but it's so boring. Why would you incarnate? 
if you, your job here was just to know everything and like get the cheat codes to life up up down down left left really? right, right? Yeah. and beat the video game without any experience and then the other piece is free will so you can see like when you do a tarot reading you see potentialities you see people places things coming up events etc but then there's also that crossroads element the variable of free will choice like how much of this are you going to fight mm-hmm. embrace what are you going to choose to do in this that shifts the fabric, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that like, I don't know if um, like you see things this way in your sessions, but I, I will even see like percentages of like, yeah, this may be the highest timeline, but what given free will, like, and you, sometimes you'll see someone who's really 50-50 because they can see it too, but they're still yeah. so attached to like old patterns or belief systems. And it's like, there's probability at play in terms of free will too. Right. Yeah. yeah, it's a, a quantum probability thing. Yeah. I, I really yeah. do look at tarot cards as this is the most likely yes. across all of these fields of existence sort of a thing. But I don't really verbalize it that way for a lot of my clients because they'd be like, what? And I'd be like, yeah. never mind. I do mushrooms. It's, you know, like, <laughs> let it let go, I guess. And also, here's what matters is you're going to have a job interview. You're going to do great. Yeah. And making it actionable and pragmatic. But for people like you and I who do it, it it's genuinely perpetually interesting mm-hmm. as a practitioner. And it's one of the reasons I don't think I can ever go back to, quote, a real job. Not that this isn't real work. I've never worked harder. I'm the yeah. worst boss I've ever had. You know, oh, it's I madness. <laughs> um, but I just because I mean, you're sitting in a meeting. I'm like, I would be like, this is so boring. Like what I've been doing is it's not always easy, right? Mm-hmm. It, but it's it's inevitably interesting. Every oh, day yeah. you learn something about why we're here. You know, the big questions, yeah. right? And then also I think you and I get a little bit of a cheat code ourselves by sitting in so many readings. And then when things are happening in my life, I'll be like, oh, don't do the thing you see. So many people do remember that. It's like um, like, stolen valor wisdom or something. Exactly. That's what I'm so great. Like I learn so much from my clients constantly. And I I, like you're probably one of the like only people in my life that really understands what it's like to go from like high level of success in corporate into this world. And it's so interesting when you're saying you're like, I'm like the hardest boss I've ever had. And it's like not easy, but it's so much more fulfilling because that's exactly how I feel all the time. Like I feel like I definitely work more, but I'm enjoying like it doesn't feel like work. That sounds so cheesy, but it's like I'm enjoying doing it. So I'm really invested. But I have those moments where I'll have friends be like, oh, can you, you know, come to the beach at this time? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm like my my boss is an asshole and I'm like booked all day. And I I did that. So yesterday I had an 18 hour day yeah. because I took a little bit of time off, time off to host an event, right? And get ready for that and make gift bags and do all of that. And then catch up from that, clean that up, take the tent down, you know, like, so that's what my time off blocked off in my calendar was. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't feel like I sat in a room working on a one pager for a new service line in in Budapest or something like uh, it would. I think it would just melt my brain. Oh, if I, I had to go yeah. back into that. Yeah, I definitely because I think once you um, unravel some of the like 
programming of the matrix, it's like, uh, then you're like, you can't, you can't unknow. It's what I always say about like, when I learned what was in McDonald's chicken nuggets, I freaking loved those yeah. when I was younger. Then Have I was you like, watched oh. the video of how they're made? Yeah, I was like, you can't, you can't unknow that. And then I think once you kind of are in your purpose work, and like, oh, this is what it feels like to be inspired to be lit up to be creating in a way that's fulfilling to myself and others. It's really hard to go backwards like eating the chicken nugget after right after watching that documentary you know <laughs> so i hadn't eaten fast food since i was a little kid but there was a moment one of my early jobs i was like 21 22 and i was at this big it's called urban land institute this big global event and there was no food or whatever and some of the architects were like hey we just gotta go to mcdonald's like it is what it is but i think we thought there was gonna be food or something and i got like the whatever the smallest amount of a chicken nugget thing is and i i ate a nugget I got violently ill. Yeah. It was like it was poison. My body just completely rejected it. And what a great metaphor that you've just, I don't know that you've stumbled on it. You've used it, I'm sure. So I want to give you credit. But people don't realize the more you do this work, the more aware you become. The You can't unring these bells. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. So yes, are you healthier? Are you learning more? Are you getting a deeper kind of happiness or meaning? Yeah, but also I do think there's an inverse correlation to what we typically think of as happiness. Mm -hmm. Like we're not that great at dinner parties. <laughs> you and I would be like, do you want to know how those are made? Do you want to know what that's all about? And it's just a bunch of bummer shit, like sitting in a car with Rust Cole in the first season of True Detective. When he goes, it means I'm not good at parties. Remember, his, his partner goes, I got news for you. You're not good outside of parties either. And I had people here all weekend. I was like, you know, what's weird is all the Nazis in government. And then next thing you know, there's this thing with Canadian Parliament the day after. Right, right. Yeah, and that's why it was on my mind. But like, that's not people don't want to hear that at brunch. Yeah. They're having cantaloupe. Yeah. You know, they're like in in I there's no I'm striking these matches in me. And it's made me extraordinarily weird relative to like, I can't fake normal as much. Anymore. Yes. Yes. That's definitely. Uh, yeah. That's what yeah. that means. I, I had a really good friend of mine say, and you know, she's been doing so much healing work over the past three years specifically. And I do sessions Oof, and for a hell of a time yeah. to wake up. Yeah. Yes. And she um, was saying, she was like, I just feel like I have less desire to be with a lot of people that I would spend time with. And she's like, nothing against them, but it's just, I'm not feeling nourished from the interactions, from the conversations and the way that I used to be. And I'm like, that that is part of it. And it's like, yeah, that again, that probably sounds like Debbie Downer, but you, the freedom that you obtain in loving to spend time truly with yourself and understanding and loving yourself and the discernment that comes through of the people that you're like, yes to you very quickly. Like even when we first connected, yeah. I was like, I freaking love you. I know that I want Rachel White in my life, you know? And yeah, me I, too. And it's just, yeah rare and memorable. Yeah. Yes. Um, exactly. And I have to tell you, I was thinking uh, the other day, do you know who Mark Vicente is? He was a Nexium whistleblower, yeah, yeah. filmmaker. He made What the Bleep Do We Know? He has yeah. this great podcast, and he was talking about, you know, always like cults, but broader than that, like our society is sort of a cult. Yeah. And the way I view, you know, like my meme game is real dark now, right? And I joke with people, I'm like, well, I'm out of the cult now. So it, it's like getting out of Nexium or Scientology. My memes mm. are gonna be dark and they're going to be challenging that con control structure kind of. Totally. But he said in Nexium, there was a quiet, unspoken rule that you always had to be happy and you could never say anything real. So if someone asked you how you're doing, I'm great. Oh my God, I'm great. How are you doing? And it was like this manic, weird, histrionic, performative energy, play acting, being happy. 
And so a lot of what I see as being quote happy, like the the normies that are able to sort of hang out and they're not thinking that deep about stuff and they're chill and things are good, is it's it's maybe a little bit of that is that cult happy of like if someone asks them how they're doing, they're like, everything's fine. It's great. Don't look beneath the surface, even with themselves. Like they can't oh. even tell themselves maybe how they're really feeling. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of um, like performative pressure, definitely like in corporate America, but yeah, even in just mainstream society of like our trained answer to that is fine. How are you? You know, mm-hmm. like it's not like actually today is like kind of kind of rough. And like this is I was yeah. struggling this morning. Like I, you'll get a record drop like, wool. like that's awkward. Why did you share that? If in most like, you know, traditional yeah. conversation. And I think that in the work that we do and the the people that kind of we magnetize into our lives, that's like when you're used to being able to operate like that. And that's why I'm sure you feel this way. It's why I love what I do with my clients is because there's no like, how's the weather bullshit? It's like, they're they're like, I'm coming to you for this work. So I'm going to go all in. I'm going to be super vulnerable. I'm going to talk about the things yeah. that are uncomfortable and scary and and challenging. And so it's, it is hard to then go back into the like, the weather is great today. How are you? You know? And by the way, Texas, ever since we moved to Austin, the small talk here is just next level. People are like, yep. It's there's a cloud, but it's not supposed to be cloudy later. And you're like, whoa, boy, because they're just they're very nice. And I'm like, I'm not I'm from Chicago where it was like we didn't even do that part. It's been hilarious. And I have to ask you with this, you know, depth that comes with what you do. And neither one of us are very well trained in small talk anymore because of the reps we put in with clients and in the deep end of the woo. What's that like with dating? Um, it's okay. It's really bad. Um, say, I, <laughs> I can't even imagine. I, my, was, I black-pilled my husband so hard and he's like a captive now. Like, I, I don't worry about being normal now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like, um, so it's interesting when you were saying like, t- call back to your nun story, because I literally feel like yeah. a nun. Like it's been um, five years since I've, maybe six since I've been in a relationship and I've gone on dates, but it's just so quickly. I think that even people that have, because I've had people ask me out via Instagram and I'm like, cool. And I think they have an image of this like kind of like fun, girly, playful, which which I am. But I also think that um, there's a lot of uh, energetic connection that I require, even in my close friendships and definitely with someone I'm going to date like in pursuit of a relationship mm-hmm. that if it's very, it's very easy to see if it's not there. And I think I'm fine to discern that and just be like, oh, it's been great. Thank you. But I realize people really force dating the way that they force matrix jobs where it's kind of like, yeah. oh, but that was lovely. You don't want to go out again. And I'm like, I'm a Sagittarius, so I'm annoyingly blunt. And I'll just be really quickly like, <laughs> no, that was lovely. I think you're amazing. I don't think that like we're in the same place energetically for a relationship. I think you're still healing from your past one because this is also stuff that like we can pick up on and yeah. I'll share that in a like kind way. But like, this is just what I'm getting. And I think we're just in different spots. And then they're kind of like, Oh, okay. Thank you. And then some of them will be like, "Oh, great. Could we still be friends?" But like, no. It's it's rough out there. Like, it's. <laughs> I love that you have an amazing husband and that you guys have such a beautiful relationship. You guys are expanders for me because I'm like, it's a lot more challenging than when I when I was kind of like less aware and could do the small talk and yeah. could numb. Like, and I also used to be a heavy, heavy drinker. And when I could just numb my intuition with the alcohol, that God. was like crazy. Of like, ah, like she's hot, so I'm just gonna have a couple martinis and this is a great date and now that i'm like super tapped in and i like see things 
I also, um, for me, I, I, get, I don't know. It's not psychometry because that's objects. But like when I touch people, it's a lot for me. So yeah, me too. I don't love being touched because of that. And it's yeah. not a judgment on people. Like when I get my hair done, I'm toast for the rest of the day. That's why yeah. my hair equipment, I'll take the last slot they have because that's it's a salt bath and it's sweatpants. And that's just yeah. my hair. Yes. Because I, yeah, because there's a lot that I receive from that. So I actually went on a date once and this woman said to me, it's so interesting. She's like, you make immaculate eye contact, but she's like, you're like, you're so averse to touch. And I was like, this is going to sound weird, but I pick up a lot in that. And it's kind of like overload and it feels sometimes like psychic spying, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, that's another thing for me that's hard, but yeah. And so it's back to your point of like, oh, well, you know, if we have these psychic gifts, like, like, why don't I know? And I think what it comes down to for me is I'm like, it's not the time yet. And I'm very quick to be like, okay, this person is not the match, but then I'm like, I'm trusting and surrendering that like, that's going to come through with ease and clarity when it comes, you know? Um, I have to tell you, I would be at a loss, uh, not drinking dating. So hats off to you. It is a social yeah. lubricant. Uh, but I have a story for you. And I was not sober, but in this story, I was I was relatively sober, which matters. So I was right before I met my husband, I went on a date with someone who was a, a therapist, like a Jungian clinical psychologist, former architect. We had friends in common, you know, very like intellectually stimulating, good looking kind of person. Right. And I was living in Chicago and he came to like have drinks with me drunk because he met with his partners in his practice and i was like who shows up to a first date like a like with a serious buzz on right like let's hope this is a fluke but because i like to ease into it yeah i'll have odd drink you know and then mainly because i have an oral fixation i need something to do at all times yeah it's a miracle i'm not a chain smoker it really is and then the second time, and, and by the way, then he proceeded to like talk about how crazy his mother was. And I'm a crazy mother too. I don't talk about it. Like I lived it. It's not a good first date story either. Yeah. Second date shows up wasted talking about his mother. And I was like, oh my God. And it's just one of those things after you've done like shamanic work or spiritual work or whatever long enough, put the reps in. Right? It's almost like a bodybuilding. And I was like, oh, he became a therapist without realizing it to heal himself. He has yeah. a drinking problem. He has a mother problem he needs to heal. And instead of healing himself, he's working with other people on their mother problems. Yeah. And it was just, I couldn't, it's like, you can't unsee or unknow these things. And then I was like sitting there and I remember being like, has anyone else ever noticed this about him? And then I started like, I was like writing stuff down. And he's like, what are you doing? I was like, I don't know. This just became very interesting. Like, you're not interesting. But this situation is very interesting. Yeah. And one of the servers, it was at a restaurant in my old neighborhood called The West Loop. And, and this restaurant closed because of COVID, which it was very sad. But one of the servers kind of came by when he was in the restaurant and was like, what the hell is going on with him? And I was like, dude, I, like, we're, I'm going to share this case study with you next week when I come to lunch alone. And I did. And he was like, it's so remarkable. They, these people who are super cerebral and even emotionally intelligent on paper, you know, he's he's providing therapy to other people and he knew what he was talking about. And he sounded like he was doing a great job. They just can't see it in themselves. Yeah. And it's interesting Wild. that like he's even like dating wise, like magnetizing someone like you towards him because he wants like that, that 
therapy, for lack of a better word, that healing from you. Yeah. Like, oh, this is someone who can like help me. So that's like a very drawn to it. Like, of course. Yeah. It was hilarious. It was so funny, man. And that was that that last little round. And I'm, I think it's not an accident that I, I met my husband. He was a bit of a mystery to me, but he also wasn't just overtly insane and out of sync with himself from the jump, which I always think is funny. And did I ever tell you about how I met him? I don't think so. My dead grandmother, clear as day, and I don't see spirits like this. This was like a one-off, showed up in my apartment. We had uh, minimized power. We had a generator because there was a blizzard that knocked over a Con Ed bowl, kind of a thing in our neighborhood. Early November blizzard. It was unseasonably cold. And she shut up. She goes, you need to go on Bumble. Right now, you need to start online dating. And I was like, and I had an injured shoulder that had been put back in its socket. It was like in a sling. I smelled like tiger balm. And I was like, are you looking at this situation right now? This is like not the time. She's like, just do it. Trust me. So I go on Bumble and literally my profile was like, I'm here because my dead grandmother told me to be kind of a thing. Like just being yeah. a smart ass. And I was like, I'm stuck inside. I have nothing to do. I might as well have fun. First person I connected with was my husband. That's amazing. Isn't that crazy? amazing i know so people are like online dating doesn't work i'm like well until it does right or but it's more about the convergence of things oh totally i'm trusting that because like i would absolutely like a thousand percent know that like okay i'm gonna like trust this download trust this message that what's coming through from from your grandmother um yeah and i haven't had and i i feel very similar to you and that like I know it will be so clear for me yeah I haven't had anything clear I've had like oh this could be like a fun distraction but I'm like I don't really need I'm at a place where I don't even need that in my life anymore because I really do love what I do and I have the few people that are close to me in my life I enjoy so I'm like I would prefer to be in connection with them platonically yeah. than than fun distractions you know yeah totally it's time becomes a whole thing when yeah. you do this work I- I'm more weird about time than money Mm-hmm. Me too. And it used to be the inverse. Yes. Yes. Totally. If someone invites me to an event or something, I'm like, what is this? I, I give them the third degree. I like up and down like I'm a DEA agent or something. <laughs> I'm like, I just invited you to a fun thing. I'm like, yeah, but what is it? Like, what is the format? What's it going to be? You know, is there canapé? Or, you know, or, or am I going to do I have to bring snacks? And they're like, Jesus Christ, I'm just being cool. This is just a person thing. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird going through life this way. I have an event coming up. Uh, Nicole Bigley, who's very sweet, she hosts a psychic story podcast, mm-hmm. is coming to Austin. She got invited to this thing on Friday the 13th here in Austin. Oh, there are costumes involved. Our host is very sweet. And and Nicole was like, called me. And she's like, here's what it is, whatever. I go, okay, I'm going to wear Doc Martens, though. Okay. And she was like, yeah, I think that's okay. I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not wearing any heels. She's like, why are you worried about that? It's in a month. And I was like, I'm just at my time and my feet. Like yeah. you get you get old real quick doing this yeah. work. That's what I I feel that a hundred percent. Cause it's like as much as like I'm a Sagittarius Aries rising, so I am like fun and playful, but like You're way more fun than me. I'm cancer and Virgo from I'm jump. Like, I'm fun. Like I would be the person like fully in the outfit, but I would also probably be there for an hour and a half. You know, I'd be like, <laughs> I love well, it. I want goodbye. <laughs> and and goodbye. So Two, you know, the other thing about relationships, you know, when you you find your person, I always think it's funny. People will assume folks that do this for a living only get into relationships with other super woo people. But don't you want the break from it a little bit? 
Yeah, I kind of, I, I really, um, I, I would love a situation where my person is very open, open-minded and like yes. always wanting to learn and evolve and be curious and interested in what I do, you know? And, and obviously I hope that they bring some perspectives spiritually, philosophically that I learn from as well. Yeah. But like, I'm okay with like a hot Wall Street lady, honestly. <laughs> like, then yeah. like, I've tried, I've done the dabbled in the like super woo, like, and it's, it's not, it's, I, yeah, I kind of would like someone who's even more grounded than me. And I, I yes. try to be quite grounded, but someone who's even more grounded, like, I love that. Like, yes, please. Yeah. Yeah. My husband was like joking after everybody left uh, from the Equinox event we did. He goes, if only they knew, because I was in sweatpants and I have a t shirt in the Supreme font that says bitch. Oh, I love and that. Yeah. we were watching Vanderpump Rules, like an old season of it. And I was yeah. just like eating something just yeah. mindlessly and dead in my eyes. I'm like, this is it. This is the, the secret shaman, you know, scintillating shit that everybody misses when they're not around. Yes, I love that. Yeah. There is none. That's the thing is we're tired a lot. Yeah. Well, so, um, Ms. Cardsy B. Yes. If you could give anybody love advice as a tarot card reader as an author of this incredible book detailing your own like dark nights yeah. of the soul and all these things what would you say to someone out there looking for love maybe going in and getting a tarot reading but wanting to either amplify or accelerate their their chances absolutely i mean i think just unapologetically be yourself and in, in all facets that, that, you know, that you can in your life. And again, I know people that are like in super corporate settings, they can't maybe show up 100% of them in, in that realm of their life. But the more we can show up and love ourselves and connect with ourselves authentically, it will just like completely clear out the riffraff. Um, because I, I see a lot of people playing a lot of games in dating. Yeah. And I think that it's kind of like, oh, well, this is how it is. You have to do it this way. You can't talk too much about yourself. You can't reveal too much at this point. And, you know, you have to wait X amount for this person to contact you. And if you're someone who likes immediate contact and connection, text the person. Show up yeah. as your real self. And it's going to get really clear really fast. And the people that, whether like friendship-wise or romantically, the people that match that frequency, that match that they're seeking the same level and type of connection, it's going to be super obvious and easeful. And I think that that's a scary thing to do and surrender into because then it's like, oh my gosh, but people are falling away. It's like, did you want to force the thing that's not meant to be? Because it's like, you can catch them and keep them like all of those like coaches and Instagram. Oh, no, and like, this is how to catch and keep your man. You can catch them, catch them and keep them. But if you catch a loser, you're going to be keeping a loser. Like, <laughs> so it's, funny. You know, like if it's the person that yeah. wasn't showing up for you, wasn't being kind, wasn't holding space, wasn't communicative, that's not going to change when you reach, you know, girlfriend, boyfriend status, or when you reach like, oh, now we're married. Are they going to like automatically come into this higher version of themselves? It's, no, it's going to be what you've been experiencing throughout that. So I think the best advice is just like, the more we can know ourselves, love ourselves, yeah. and show up unapologetically as that authentic version of us, the right people come in a lot faster. Yeah. I And I also just think like having bullet point parameters for another human being is wild. I've been seeing those memes because a lot of dudes send me their, their funny memes and it's like, you know, he must be this feet tall. He must make this yeah. amount of money or whatever. And I'm like, okay. And inevitably you look at that person, you're like, you're demanding a lot. Yeah. Well, like, it's also surface. It's like, how does, like, I always tell people, I'm like, come on, this is the first time I make you feel. How do you feel yeah. when 
you are heading out of work and going to see them? How do you feel on a rainy Sunday knowing that like that's who you're spending your day with? How do you feel when you have bad news and you want to talk to this person about it? Like that's that it's like from a feeling place is going to tell you so much more than their height or income, you know? Yeah. One thing, you know, because we don't interact a lot with the outside world, but my husband and I did notice um, we don't ever come for each other when things are stressful. Like we had a utility pole. Why yeah. at the beginning of Mercury retrograde fall, almost light our neighbor's house on fire was leaning over our house. And he was at work and we were just handling it. And then we we saw other interactions nearby. And they were like, and you need to da-da, and just this shit. And I was like, oh my God, people talk that way to each other. Like it blew wow. my mind. I didn't yeah. even realize like we had won a little victory or something in our I was like, but why why yell at you? Like you're trying to help. Yeah. Like I actually need you right now. Like so yeah, it's some of them sneak up on you guys. Love is out there, and it'll it's out there for you too. Let's pull a card awesome. from the ye old tarot deck, and let's see. Also, it's really gonna help you that you have fox medicine. I'm so excited you can see foxes. Yes. I, I love yeah. that. Ever since our session, absolutely. My husband actually saw a fox the same week too. Oh, this is interesting. You got the uh, ten of wands, ten of trees. <laughs> I, it, and this is this is not a negative connotation. It's funny. It's I really get the feeling from that that it's like time to stop doing so mm-hmm. much for a while. And also, we were talking. We're both the high and the woo, dear listeners. Right before we hit record, and as of next week, the world feels very weird. Like we're yeah. not going to have much of a choice in terms of productivity anymore. It's time to lay down our little bundle mm-hmm. of sticks, and also ten. Being October, October feels weird mm-hmm. right now. The engines of creation grinding to a halt because we're not yes. filling them with fuel. That sort of describes the economy, yeah. the government, society, 100%. taking, 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 extracting life energy without putting anything back in. So I don't know what the, you're, I actually have been loving your tarot card pulls. There was a day last week where it was the inverted uh, devil card mm. and something came up for me that day. That was yeah. fascinating. Where I was eating something when I wasn't hungry, I like remembered what you said. I was what like, that? "What am I doing right now?" So I know that you're like you have that keen insight. I don't know what feeling you get from this. Yeah, but. no, I am like ten of trees, which is yeah, like te- like um ten of wands, right? And yes. The- traditional um or the I should say the Smith Rider Weight Drive decks. Um I do feel like a lot of us feeling, and I think this as like a collective pull in addition for me, um, where it's we're seeing the ways that we are efforting or like I've, I'm gonna continue like making this happen, but knowing that there is that in the inevitable um does that like call to surrender that's coming with October a hundred percent um you know like some of it may be like not desirable or ideally how we have seen have wanted it to come yeah. but I even it's interesting you say that because I'm doing a, a combo ceremony and a ceremony this weekend of just like a clearing and like purging oh, yeah. and like oh I know that there is just like desire surrender coming and even when we've moved through layers of that like you and I have there's always more and there's always kind of like sometimes then we hit like a plateau of comfort of like oh yeah this is good and like kind of going into some old behaviors because it's familiar. Oh, yeah. And I've been seeing like, I know that I am being called to even deeper surrender coming in October. And it's it's interesting because the ceremony I'm doing is October 1st. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting too, the conversation around Saturn, Saturn diaries, Saturn return, you know, and I know that there's a lot happening with Aquarius and Pluto and French Revolution, American Revolution, planetary alignment redux coming, right? Yeah. It feels like society needs to go through a Saturn return. 
Mm-hmm. Like I, I, that's the yeah. energy of it is like whatever you're you're holding on to, whatever you're trying to get done, grinding, white knuckling, you're not going to have a choice. And the more you cling, the harder the universe is going to teach you that lesson might be the yeah. way to put that. So yeah. good time to let things go. That's interesting. Yeah, we're all tired, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's too much. Well, thank you so much. Can you let people know where you prefer to be followed? Obviously, we'll link to your podcast, your book, your tarot deck, all that fun stuff in the show. Yeah. Notes, but... So all of that, um, my tarot deck, the Saturn Diaries, um, the Hex in the City podcast, you can go to cardsyb.com, C-A-R-D-S-Y-B.com. And all of my like TikTok, Instagram, all of that is at cardsyb. So really easy to find. I, do, I still do one-on-one um, intuitive sessions and I do um, one-on-one coaching for uh, peer that are, people that are in transformation and are wanting to tap more into their intuition and work more in with the energy of surrender, which again, I think there's going to be more of that coming up for us <laughs> this fall and winter. So I think you're going to be busy. It's a good <laughs> business model to be in. <laughs> Thank you. Great. Bye. <laughs>